Hey guys, thanks for joining the Radiate Church podcast today. I'm Brandon, the lead pastor here at Radiate, and I'm honored that you jumped in to hear this message. I hope that it challenges you, inspires you, and leads you to the life God intends. Enjoy the message. No, we're so excited that you guys are here. Christmas is only a couple weeks away. Uh, your kids will be home for a couple weeks, starting in a, in a couple weeks. So uh, I know the teachers in the crowd said what? That's <laughs> what I'm talking about. <laughs> the parents are like, yeah, I know, I got to figure something out. And uh, no, it's going to be awesome. Uh, we got so many things coming up. I just want to let you know before we get into the message today that on December the 23rd, we, we always put a lot of energy and extra energy into certain days of the year because there's certain ebbs and flows to where people are going to attend church. And so I want to take just a couple minutes and talk to you today about uh, Christmas at Radiate. We always put a lot of energy into that. And so we've been in this series called The Best Gift Ever. Did Pastor Travis not kill it with How to Crush Christmas? last week like great job man great job is so good um, but December the 23rd, we have Christmas at Radiate coming up. Uh, it's at 10 and 11 30 normal service times, but we are going to pack this place out with chairs. We're making room for your neighbors, your family, your friends, everybody. Listen, here's the thing they say like over 95% of people will attend church on Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve and Easter are the two times where anybody will attend church. Here's why I heard my, a friend of mine put it like this they'll attend church on, on Christmas because they know they're about to go see grandma for dinner and one of grandma's questions is going to be did you go to church and don't nobody want to see grandma cry you know what I'm saying so they'll they either gonna lie to grandma and nobody lies to grandma because grandma sees through lies or they gonna come to church so we've outfitted you with you should have a stack of invite cards on every chair I want to ask you to do something I want to ask you to grab those if you need more get some on the way out or pick some up from chairs that aren't being seated in uh, sat in right now and um before you leave and hand them out here's all I ask if you grab one or you grab a hundred here's all I ask you to do with them just give them out just give them out like we can order more if you take them all I promise you I'll get on the internet tomorrow and we will order more of these cards uh, but people will attend here's the thing they will attend if they're invited if they're invited in fact I told this story on Instagram this week on our story on my story but I, I was uh, checking out at uh, Smashburger this week, I went. I was in a hurry, and they have uh, deals on Wednesday, so I went by there. And uh, I didn't have any more invites on me, so I just told her. I said, "Hey, I'm the pastor at Ready." Actually, I didn't even tell her I was pastor. I said, "I attend Radiate Church. I'd love for you to come hang out with us one Sunday at 10 and 11:30." I said, "In fact, Christmas is coming up, and uh, it's an excellent time to come check it out." And she looked at me and she goes, "I just moved here from about an hour and a half away. I have not been able to find a church here yet, and I would love to come and check your church out because I need to find a good." church church and I was like that's what it's about right there so I said can do you have a piece of paper on you and she said yes yeah. she gave me a receipt I wrote the website service times everything down I told her to ask for me when she walks in the door uh, because I told her I was gonna save her a seat and I'm going to and uh, so I'm just excited because people will come on Christmas at 10 11 30 on Christmas morning uh, I mean not Christmas morning because we'll be with Santa then um, December 23rd 10, 11, 30, but on Christmas Eve, we have something special we're doing this year at 4 o'clock so that we have time to go and be, spend some time with family on Christmas Eve. At 4 o'clock, we're having a special Christmas Eve at Radiate, Christmas Eve communion service. It's going to be an amazing time. It's a full family experience, so the kids will be in the service, in the experience with you. It's going to be great. We've got a, a kid's element that's going to be in there. It's going to be so much fun. And so I want you to make plans to be there, but I don't just want you to be there. I want you to bring somebody with you, okay? And so let's pray over that this week, and let's be a part of that as we move up to 
Christmas. Now we're going into week two of the best Christmas, our best gift ever. How many of you guys have either gone or you're going to, um, <coughs> to look at Christmas lights with your kids or maybe your spouse or friends or something like that? Raise your hand real quick. Maybe you're going to the zoo. Anybody been to the zoo to look at their lights yet? Yeah, all right, cool, cool, cool. So last night we, we went eight somewhere for dinner and we were riding around we were looking at some Christmas lights and every year we end up going to Christmas lights they got the big Elgin lights right down the road that, that, that you know with the light with the train and you can do the hayride and things like that right now why do people go look at lights at Christmas there's something about Christmas lights that just brings joy isn't it there's just something about like when you go and you see these houses that are decorated up they got the inflatable snowmen I think inflatable decorations are the greatest invention ever it's easy. You put it out there, plug it up, and let the fan do its job. Amen. Come on. Like, I love that. We love going and looking at the lights, and we go, love go looking at the decorations because it just brings joy. It just brings joy. I want to tell you today, as we're going to look in Matthew uh, chapter 2 today, uh, that there was actually a group of people, you already know, that went Christmas lights hunting way before we ever did. You know, you know the story if I go through it, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 12 with you real quick today, and we're going to talk about what that actually looks like, what that actually means. So if you're ready, say, let's go. You guys have got some energy today, man. I felt it during worship. I like that. I like that. Verses 1 through 12, here we go. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born the king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east. And we have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. And they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what has been written by the prophet. Verse 6. In you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah. For out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people. Israel. Then Herod secretly called the Magi and determined from them the exact time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. And when you have found him, report to me so that I too may come and worship him. After hearing the king, they went on their way, and the star which had, uh, they had seen in the east went on before them until it came and stood over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. After coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. And they fell to the ground and they worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left for their own country by Another way, I know we talked about some of this last week, but the wise men and the magi are, are, are following a star and they're doing everything that they can to get to a place to where they can find Jesus. But can I tell you something? This story is way more than just about finding a baby. It's not about finding a baby. The, the wise men, the magi, the, 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 the people, they were following lights. They were going Christmas light hunting, but they weren't doing it because they were bored. They weren't doing it because they had kids that were rambunctious in the house, and you had to get them out the house before you got them out of your life. Y'all know what I'm talking about if you're a parent. You know, you're in that, they're not doing it. Here's why. Because they knew what Jesus represented. They understood that Jesus represented hope. Hope in a, in a world and in a time. And, and here's what you got to understand about the climate of the culture in that time is the government was very dark. It was very frustrating. It was very oppressive. 
It was very uh, 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 detrimental to lives and to businesses and all these things. And the government was just raining their thumb down on people all over the place. So when they heard that Jesus was coming and they knew that what the prophet had already said, as they referenced in the Bible, they knew that it wasn't just a baby being born, but it was hope being brought. And so here's what they were doing. They were going, I need to get some hope. Have you ever been through a week and you've said these words? I heard somebody say these words to me this week. I just need some good news. Anybody ever said that? Anybody ever been in that place? Maybe said it to you like, Pastor, I've heard people come up to me and say, Pastor, just tell me something good. Just tell me something good. Tell me that you love me. All right, I don't know why I'm singing so much today. I don't, I don't know. So like, just tell me, I just need some good news. It's been a hard week. It's been a long week. You know, I saw a, a, a girl uh, last night that used to be in my youth group uh, when I was a youth pastor, and um, she made it, praise God. And, um, and so I saw her, and I was talking to her, and I said, how's your week been? And, and she uttered words that we have all uttered so many times. It's, it's been a long week, which means we need some good news and I, I can just hear the magi and people of that time going it's been a long life it's been hard it's been frustrating i can't seem i go one step forward and the government brings me two two steps back or i do this and it's just difficult and i can't pay all my bills and i can't do all these things and i can never please anybody because whenever i get to there then the, the mark always shifts to another place and so nobody's ever i'm not good enough i'm not okay i can't you know what i'm saying like you've been there right and it's in that place, and I can see the Magi saying that, but can I tell you something? I don't ever want us to get caught up in the story to believe that we're chasing a star, that they were chasing a star simply because they were trying to get to a baby. They were chasing a star because they needed some hope. They needed some hope. And here's what King Herod knew. King Herod knew this. King Herod knew that if they got hope in him, they'd lose hope in Herod. And so Herod was like, no, 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 no. I got to redirect the hope that they're getting in a baby named Jesus. I got to redirect that hope. So that means I need to know where he's at so I can end his hope. And I can make him nothing so that now they look to me as everything. And there are things in our lives, throughout our lives, that will always try to tear down the hope that we're searching for. We can look to the hope of Jesus, but there are always things. There are always depression and frustration and disagreement and discouragement. There are always all these things that will come along and go, if I can tear down the hope you have in Jesus, then now I am the only hope you have. The only hope you have now is a paycheck through your employer. The only hope you have now is the approval that you get on social media. The only hope you have now is what everybody thinks about you. The only hope you have now is that you'll never get there. The, I, for a long time, I thought the only hope I had was when everybody else thought I was a success. And so I chased the wrong means of success. I'd try to do things in the wrong way, but it came to a point where I said, my hope is not in that. My hope is in Jesus. And if I'm focusing on that, then I can't focus on the baby, the hope of it all, the savior of the universe, amen? And so don't ever get caught up in the Christmas story thinking this, thinking that we're just looking for a baby because you're not. You're not. Can I tell you this? That hope attracts people. I got three questions in just a minute that we need to ask ourselves. But hope attracts people. It's scientifically proven. Have you ever seen somebody that's like smiling and then you just find yourself smiling for no reason even though you don't know why they're smiling? Right? You're being around them and they're just like, I'm not talking about the fake laugh, right? I'm talking about the belly laugh. 
Like the, I mean, it comes from deep in their soul laugh. And when you're around that laugh, you know why we love being around babies? Because when they laugh, they mean it. They're not just doing it to get you out of their face. They mean it, right? I love making my newborn, my six-month-old little boy laugh. I love it. Because when he laughs, I laugh. And it's just automatic. It's scientifically proven that when you get around people that are smiling, your mind, I was studying this this week, your brain begins to try to recreate what they're smiling about. And so the assumptions that are making them happy come into your mind and they begin to make you happy. So walk around. I don't care how bad life is. Just walk around smiling. Just like, yeah. What, what, what happened to you today? Oh, nothing good. Man, it's been a long day. It's been a long week. You know what I'm saying? But smile because something in your brain triggers to go, I got something to be happy about. You're recreating the smile. You're recreating the joy. Hope attracts people. But here's the difficult part of this. The difficult part of understanding that is as followers of Jesus, as Christians, as believers of the cross, as people that are surrendered to Jesus Christ, we should be the most hopeful people in the world, shouldn't we? We should, but can I tell you something? 80 to 85% of churches are plateaued or declining today. 80 to 85, that's an updated statistic I got just yesterday. 80 to 85% of churches are plateaued or declining today. Only to, get this. Only 2% of followers of Jesus ever ask somebody to join them on the journey of faith. 2%. Only 2% believe in Jesus enough to follow his command of tithe. That means, can I tell you this? Listen, it's only taken two generations for the numbers to go from 25% of Americans being unchurched to 80%. Two generations and 60% of unchurched people has grown within two generations of, of people. It's crazy, but here's why. Because I think, and what I'm afraid of is maybe we're not quite as hopeful and hope-filled as we would like to be. Are you with me today? And so I want to, I wanna, our challenge today is this. We, I want to tell you this. We're not radiating hope or shining hope just because we're a church in the community. It has, you can start a church anywhere. It doesn't matter, but that doesn't make you shine light. That doesn't make you exude hope. But what does is whenever it's not about the church building and it's not about the gatherings, but it's about the lives that you get to impact. It's the thousands of people out there that don't know Jesus like you know Jesus. It's the mom and the dad, the brother and the sister, the coworker that you see every day that need hope. Because can I tell you something? As joyful as the holidays are for most of us, some of us, the, joyful, the, the holidays aren't as joyful. They're depressing. They're hurtful because there's things in their life, there's people in their life that they've lost, and now they don't get to spend one of the most joyful times of the year with them. And it brings back hard memories. Can I tell you, your smile may change somebody's life. It's contagious. Your hope may change somebody's life. So there's three questions I want to talk to you about today because here's, if you're taking notes, I hope that you are because we, we believe in that here. Um, if, if, I want you to... I want you to, I want you to um, I want you to do this. Title it this, Chasing Light. Chasing Light, because that's what the wise men were doing. And there's three things that I want to talk to you about today as we go in that we have to ask ourselves three questions to ask ourselves this Christmas as followers of Jesus. The first one is this, am I radiating hope? Am I radiating hope to others? Am I radiating hope? Here's what that means. Like, man, listen, you know why the, why the wise men were able to find Jesus? 
It wasn't because they had their GPS pulled up on their new phone. It wasn't because they had the iPhone XS or XR or whatever it was, and they pulled up the GPS, and it said, turn right, and you had to walk through a lake to get there. You know, I saw a story this week where somebody was following their GPS and drove into a lake off of a cliff. That's insane. The GPS was wrong. Siri, you got it wrong on that one. It wasn't because they pulled up the GPS. It was simply because they were following a light. Let me ask you this question today. Is my life radiating enough hope to where they'll find Jesus when they get there? Am I shining bright enough that when they get there, they're radiating uh, or they find Jesus? Because can I tell you something? It doesn't matter if they know my name. It doesn't matter if they know who I am. It doesn't matter about any of that. It doesn't matter if they know what I stand for if they never find him to begin with. And so what we do is when we go Christmas like shopping or hunting or whatever you want to call it, man, we get to these places and we see lights that are that are bright, and we see lights that are strung on the houses, and we see them in all these, all these designs and decoration ideas. And when we plug them up, these even twinkle. When I got them, it said on the, it said on the box, it had a little star, and it said twinkling lights. And I said, I need those. <laughs> I need twinkling lights. But here's the thing, like, you know why we're attracted to these? Our eyes, can I tell you, your brain and your eyes, your mind automatically go to this. Do you know why? Because it's shining bright. And when we get to the place to where these are strung in such correlation with the other strands that they make a decoration, then when we get there, joy is found because we look and we go, oh, that's, that's pretty. Have you ever, though, been a Christmas light hunting and you get there, and when you get there, you go, well, that was disappointing, Right? It's not quite what I thought it was going to be. You know, it's that like half the lights were burnt out and it wasn't good. Can I tell you that if we're not careful and we're not ensuring that we're radiating hope, people may get to our life and go, well, that was disappointing. I thought Jesus would be much more than that. I thought Jesus would be much more understanding than that. I thought Jesus wouldn't get mad at somebody when things didn't go their way. And they're supposed to be the light that I follow to get to Jesus, to get to hope, to get to, 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 to church, to get to the kingdom, to get to the everlasting love. Like, am I radiating hope or am I radiating myself? Because often what happens, and it's not because we're bad people, it's not because anything that happens, because I'm going to tell you, when you drive, by, you drive by my house five years ago, I got lights everywhere all over my house. You drive by my house today, there ain't a light in the yard. Even my LED lights that were around my walking path this summer, they're gone. I don't have a light in the yard. You won't see a light that radiates Christmas. But my hope is, is that somewhere in life, that my life radiates Jesus enough that when they look at me, they go, that's a light I need to follow. That's a light that tells me how good he is and forgiving he is, how joyful he is, how loving he is, how graceful he is, how merciful he is. Because the magi or the, the wise men had to get to a place to where they said, I will follow the light. And when I get to where the light is hovering over the top, then I will find hope there. Can I tell you something? Don't, don't advertise something that's not true. Don't look at people and go, if you follow me, 
I love Jesus, but when they get to the place where you say the light is, they don't see love for Jesus. They see love for themselves. They see love for you and you alone. You're not pointing them to Jesus. It's not about his kingdom. It's about your preference. And I've been in a place in my life to where I know for me, man, I've radiated the things that I didn't want to radiate sometimes. Because we're all human. And so the first question we have to ask ourselves this Christmas as we're going through life and we're wrapping presents and we're putting them under the tree and we're putting stars on the tree or angels on the tree and we're going Christmas-like hunting, the question is, are we radiating hope? Are we emitting the hope of Jesus in our life? Because if we're not, can I tell you something? Then we're not really fulfilling the life of Christ. We're not even fulfilling what he wants us to fulfill in the first place because our job on this earth is not to take up space, not to have a job, not to make a paycheck, not to raise kids. It's not any of that. Our job is to do one thing and one thing only and it's to carry the kingdom of God everywhere we go. That's it. Nothing else matters. And that means that everything in my finances, in my personal life, at work, at home, at at, at church, uh, on social media, everything I do is to do one thing, to be a light that draws people closer to hope. Because whether we know it or not, we all need hope. Come on, somebody. We all need it. And I'm grateful that I had people in my life that when I was down and I was in the miry clay, I didn't know anything about Jesus. I didn't care anything about Jesus. It was all about my agenda and my hope and my heart and what I wanted to accomplish in this life. That I had people in my family. I had people that were surrounding me that were lights that radiated Jesus. And if I followed their life, I would eventually get to the heart of Christ. And can I tell you that that's our goal? That's our heart. That's what Jesus wants from us. There's three things that we can think about in this one question, and it's this. We need to ask ourselves, am I adding value or am I taking value? Am I adding to or am I taking from? What do I do more in, in life? Am I, I, if I'm in a, can I tell you something? Listen to me. I'm going to give you some great advice today. If you're in a relationship with somebody that never adds value to you, you need to get out. Because you can only give what you have. And if nobody's ever pouring in, then you don't have anything to pour out. Am I adding value or am I taking value? I think sometimes we can get caught up, and I think the enemy has strategically done this, to where we think that if we can get into a relationship with somebody that's got money or influence or name status or this or that, or you can name it, whatever it is, you can get something from them. That is not relationship. That is a business transaction. A relationship is we add value to each other. As iron sharpens iron, iron cannot get around iron and not be sharper. It can't do it. So if they're not adding value, you probably need to walk away. That doesn't mean you walk away and you hate on them and you just disconnect. It means just be careful who you allow to sharpen you because it will either sharpen you or make you duller one way or another. Am I adding value or am I taking away? Is my words, is my attitude uplifting? When people get around me, am I making joy? Am I giving joy? Am I twinkling Jesus into their life? Or am I just not, am I a leech? Do people want to get away from me or do they want to be around me? And then the third one is, is my attitude life-giving? Are my words uplifting and is my attitude life-giving? We can all get negative and frustrated and aggravated and down and discouraged sometimes, but here's the truth. I have to ask myself, is my attitude right now giving life to people that are connected to me? Because I'm telling you, your attitude will give something to everyone. 
Your attitude will, will give something to everyone. And here's the thing. We have to remember, if I can get these up, we have to remember, am I radiating hope? That's question number one. Am I radiating hope? Question number two is this. Am I living in hope? Am I living in hope? Wouldn't it be a shame that we spend our entire lives trying to emulate something that we're not even walking in? Hey, Jesus, I really want to draw people closer to you, but the problem is, is I'm not drawing closer to you. You know, Proverbs and Psalms often talks about Jesus or, or God being a strong tower, a place of refuge. He even says that rise up on eagles' wings. In other words, you sit on my wings and I'll soar with you. Uh, you know, sit in the refuge of my shadow. In other words, quit worrying about everything, all the storms around you and all these things coming up. Just sit in my shadow. My shadow is a refuge for you. And you know where burnout happens? Can I be honest? Burnout happens when we're trying to give something we don't have. Come on. Burnout happens in our spiritual life when we're serving, when we're, when we're at work. And here's what it, it, burnout happens when I'm trying to give you something I'm not standing in. When you get to the story, what happens when they sit in the presence of Jesus? They give him a gift. What we're willing to give Jesus is an, an indicator of how we see him. If I'm not willing to give him my everyday life, I don't trust him with it. If I'm not willing to give Jesus the greatest decisions that I have to make and the smallest decisions I have to make, can I tell you something? I don't trust him with it. I trust me with it. I'm just being honest with you. Am I living in hope? Am I going home and hoping and praying and going, God, just send me something. And God's going, I did. I sent my son Jesus. He died on a cross. He came as a baby. He lived this world. He went through, Hebrews says, everything that you'll ever go through so that you never have to go through it alone. And when he died on the cross, everything he went through and everything you went through died on the cross with him. I did send you hope. I did send you promise. And it's in the form of a man named Jesus. Am I living in the hope that I'm trying to radiate? Because wouldn't it be a shame for us to try to tell other people what they're missing out on and then we go home at night and we have the biggest God-sized void in our lives because we're not walking in it and sitting in it and being in it. And here is the beauty of it all. It says to take rest in the shadow of, to, uh, uh, of Christ or in the strong tower. And here's the thing. Hebrews tells me that through the blood of Jesus, I have access to the throne of God at any point in my life. Access is different than sitting in his presence. Access means I can go. It doesn't mean I do. Can I tell you something? Can I tell you I worship in prayer and, 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 and reading the Bible and all those things are so important because it's like an open door straight to the throne of God. And sometimes when we get to a place to where we feel empty and we feel like we don't have any hope to give out and we're just stressed because we can't make decisions, can I tell you something? Often, and when I get in that situation and I go back to the beginning, I find out that it's because I haven't been sitting in His promise. I haven't been sitting in his hope. Anybody with me today? That maybe, maybe I'm getting up here trying to tell you about something that I'm not walking out. And that would make me a hypocrite. Maybe I'm trying to tell my coworker about the love of Jesus and how he forgives everything, but I'm holding on to my past more than I'm looking forward to my future. Maybe I'm trying to tell you that nothing about who you were defines who you will be, but everything about who I am still defines who I am. Come on. 
We got to learn, am I radiating a, a hope or am I, and am I living in hope? Remember, I'm not saying, I had somebody tell me this this week. I was talking about something and, and he looked at me and he said this. He said, this is the day that the Lord has what? And I will what? Rejoice and be glad in it. He's looked at me and he said, in. In it. In is active. In means that I'm standing in the midst of it. When the wise men got to where the star and the light was leading them, can I tell you what happened? The beauty of it all is they begin to give gifts, and it says that they hit their knees and begin to worship. Why? Because they were standing in hope that brought them through everything. Nothing else mattered in the moment. Because the, everything that they had searched for, everything they were looking for is there. Get caught up. I want to challenge you today as believers and submitters to the cross of Jesus, as followers of Jesus. I want to challenge you to do something. Don't get caught up in the lights and the, and the gifts and the wrapping paper. I say this every year because it's a reminder. Don't get caught up in that. Get caught up in his glory. They weren't looking forward to what they were getting from Jesus. They were looking forward to what they could give him. They sat down. Pastor Travis talked about this last week. And they worshipped the king. They got caught up that they are in the presence of hope. Can I tell you something today? I don't know where you are. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know how depressed this season is for you. I don't know how joyful it is. I don't know how your kids are acting. I don't know anything about your finances. But what I know is every day is a new day. Every day is a new day to walk in the mercy of Jesus. My Bible tells me that mercies are new every single morning. And what that means is every day that I've got breath in my lungs, I stand in his hope and I can sit in his presence and I can offer him everything I've got from me and I can say Jesus you're giving me way more than I can ever give you but I will give you everything that I have all because I love you and I will not walk out of this house today I will not go to work today I will not go to church today I will not go and get mad at somebody on the interstate today until I have sat in your presence and enjoyed the hope that I want to radiate because the thing about these lights are this in order for them to shine they have to be plugged up to the very thing that gives them energy what if you're trying to shine, but you haven't plugged in to where he's at? You haven't plugged in to his hope. You're like, that's so simple. Yes, we, as believers of Jesus, have made the life of Christians so difficult. But it's not. Plug into the hope of Jesus. That is the only way that we can ever radiate. So am I radiating hope? Am I living in hope? And here's the third question that we have to ask ourselves, and it's this. Am I inviting others to hope? Am I inviting others to experience hope? I, I told you a story or a <clears throat> statistic earlier. I love, I love statistics. And, and here's the thing. If you read this story of the Magi and the wise men and they're going, you notice that they didn't come alone. They came in a group. In fact, if you go and let's go a little beyond and let's look at the book of Acts and when the Holy Spirit comes down and Peter in Acts chapter 2 begins preaching the sermon after the uh, tongues of fire and the Holy Spirit comes down and those things happen. And it says 3,000 people came to Christ. But just before that, it says people are pushing, Michael, they're pushing against the house to see what's happening inside. 
They came as groups. Don't walk into the presence of Jesus by yourself. Take your family with you. Men, we are called to be the spiritual warriors of our house. Not our wives. They are called to be the, the, the uplifters and the supporters. But men, I'm telling you something. We are the ones that set the spiritual atmosphere in our homes. We are the ones that our kids are called to follow. We are the ones that our wives are called to follow. We are the ones that God said, you got it in you. You're a warrior. You're a Spartan. Get up. Uphold the word of God. Hold on to your purpose and set the spiritual aptitude of your home. And wives, I'm here to tell you something. If your man won't do it, you pick it up and you carry it on. The problem is, is that often in our homes, we've looked and said, I'm too busy to do that. And so we're not living in the hope. Can I tell you, I've gotten to that place before. That's our hope. They come in groups. Can I tell you, listen to me, I need you to hear this. You are not called to walk this journey by yourself. That's one of the radiate way values is we do life together. It doesn't say we do it perfect. It doesn't say we do it right. It says we do it together. So one of the questions that as I was getting challenged by this message was this. Am I allowing people to bring me their mess? Or am I asking them to drop it at the door before they walk into my life? Because Jesus never asked that, did he? In fact, the woman caught in the very act of adultery, he stepped up in the midst of it and he said, look, if you're so perfect, throw a stone at her, I dare you. See, I want to go back to this illustration. As we're radiating uh, uh, several years ago, this is amazing. I don't even know how to get back to this house. I wish I did. I took my kids to this neighborhood. We just go to random neighborhoods, so if you see us driving around, just wave. <clears throat> to this neighborhood to see lights. And y'all, they had the most amazing display of lights. Like it was thousands of lights, right? And, and it, it had a sign that said, turn to this radio station. I was like, no. I turned to that radio station. And I heard the, light, the song. And the lights were twinkling and flashing to the beat of the music. And the owner of the whole thing walked out at one point. It was just a house. Walked out, and I was like, i got to talk to this genius of a man. And I asked him how he did it, and he walked me through the computer programming and stuff I still don't understand to this day. But it was an amazing thing. And we sat in our car, and we stood in the cold, and we were like, man, that is cool. And then they played Sandstorm. Come on, somebody. And it was beating to that, and... The root <laughs> crowed. I said, yeah, praise God, he's saved. <laughs> Calm down, Clemson fans. I'm just kidding, I promise. <clears throat> but it wasn't one strand of light. In fact, let's boil it down. It wasn't one bulb. The lights are at their max when every bulb works together. At the same beat, at the same time, for the same purpose. And here's what that entire display hinged on. And he told me this. It hinged on one computer program telling every light when to go on and off. 
There's thousands of lights. And as we're walking this thing out, I just want to tell you, the display gets better the more lights we add. I just want to be a, a light to my net classroom. Add more lights, and it gets brighter. Well, my light's a little dim right now. Nobody can change your bulb but you. You got to make it brighter. You got to make that fire burn hotter. You got to do your own thing. I want to I wanna change my community. Then you better get your family on board first. I want to change my county. Then you better get in with your church and start burning at the same frequency to the same program going on and off to create the same dynamic to where, and I'm telling you, listen to me. I know you're going, he's preaching about Christmas lights today. No, I'm preaching about the kingdom because the kingdom of God means that when everything begins to work, people stand out in the cold and go, oh my gosh, what is going on in there? That is crazy. I've never seen anything like that. That's a skinny little white-headed guy that's up there. I don't even understand what he, he looks like Jack Frost up there. I don't even get it. What's happening at Radiate? And God's going, I got a program in the background and it's making them go with energy and excitement in a school where they aren't even supposed to be burning and they ain't even supposed to be doing nothing. But we're going to change something because we're burning together. Am I radiating hope? Am I living in hope? And am I inviting others to experience hope? Only, get this, I want to go back. Only 2% add bulbs to their strand in life that claim the love of Jesus. 2%. 98% of professed Christ followers never tell anybody else. Think about that. God has changed my life. Jesus has changed my life. He brought me out of this and out of that. And yeah, things get hard, but he is Jesus. And I'm telling you something, you need to be a part of it. Never comes out of their mouth. And can I ask you a very challenging question? Do I really believe it if I won't even tell others about it? Because here's what I'll do. When Clemson plays in round one of the college football playoffs in just a few weeks, I'll talk about the win or the loss but I'll still profess my fandom. When Carolina plays in the Belt Bowl in just a couple of weeks, whether they win or lose, I'll still profess my fandom. I'll tell every, I'll wear the shirts, I'll wear the necklace, I'll tell everybody, I am a Gamecock through and through, forever to thee. Woo, spurs up! I'll walk around with my silly little Clemson Paul going, all in, hashtag, Dabo is the king, woo! Listen, I'm being silly, but here's the truth. We'll do that all day, no matter the wins or the losses that come. But when there's a loss in my life, I never talk to anybody about it with Jesus. I'll, put, I'll fold my shirt up, I'll put it in the drawer, I'll take my necklace off, and I'll put it up. When things get hard and I'm burnt out, I'll walk away, and my family can die and go to hell for all I care, because I won't stand up for my faith in the hard time. Come on, guys. This is the hope of, of Christmas. Am I radiant? Are you with me today? Is this helping anybody today? Come on. Am I radiating hope? Am I radiating hope? Am I living in it? Am I inviting others to it? And here's the thing. Maybe today, 
you're going, I need this Christmas to shine hope. I got to chase the light so I can be the light. Here's what I want to challenge you to do. There's a few things like the first one is maybe you're going, you know what, pastor, I've got this growing relationship with Jesus. I feel good about that, but I'm not doing anything with it. Stop by the Connect Center, the black tent on the way out and talk to somebody and just go, I need to get involved in something. I heard a story from somebody that's shadowing today. She said, I just kept waiting. And one of my friends just looked at me at Bible study one night and just said, why are you waiting? Just go and do it. And so she's here shadowing for the first time today in another on a team to serve this morning. You know why? Because it's not about you getting it right all the time. It's about being a light. Maybe you need to give your life to Jesus today. We're going to give you a moment for that in just a minute. Maybe you need to grab more invites and go, I'm telling everybody. I'm going to Food Lion. I'm putting them on cars this week. You get mad at me, you can take it up with Jesus. I don't know. But here's what I do know. If only 2% of us are shining our light enough for people to come to Christ... I think we need to burn a little bit brighter. Amen. Can you bow your heads with me today? If you're in the room and you'll go, you know what, Pastor? I've got to give my life to Jesus today. I've got to give my life to Jesus today. Never done it, but I want to do it. And I want to pray that prayer. If that's you, would you hold your hand up really high right where you are so that I can pray the prayer of salvation with you today as you take that step? Anybody in the room? Amen. Maybe you'll, you'll look at me and you'll go, you know what, Pastor, I need to shine brighter. I need to invite more. I need to serve more. I need to do what I got to do to be brighter. I got to chase the light so I can be the light. If that's you, I just want you to do something for me real quick. I just want you to hold your hand up in the air so I can pray over you today. Because my hand's up. I need to be a brighter light. I need to chase the light more. I need to invite more. I need to serve more. I need to do more with a brighter passion and a bigger heart. Come on. Dear Jesus, every hand that is up, they're saying this. They're saying it's time to burn brighter. And we say that we will follow the light to Jesus. God, we just want people to see in us the light of the hope of Jesus Christ. Let us answer these three questions this, this week. Let us go out in, in, in practical terms and live this stuff out so that we can be everything you've created us to be. God, it's not about what we can do. It's not about uh, who we've been. It's about who you've called us to be. Let us radiate your light. Let us invite others on the journey. And let us live in the hope of Jesus Christ this week. God, anybody that walked in today and they're feeling a burden of the depression and discouragement of the holidays, I just pray that you lift that. Because you say your uh, yoke is easy and your burden is light. And I pray that the light burden would be laid on them and you would take the heavy burden today. And God, we honor you and praise you. In your holy name we pray. Amen. We're so glad you joined us today at the Radiate Church Podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry in any way, let us know. Send us an email at youmatter at radiatechurch.net to share how God is working in your life. Join us in reaching others by investing today at radiatechurch.net slash give. Also, if you haven't already, subscribe to this podcast so that you can receive weekly messages delivered right to your phone. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time.